0: Take a deep breath, through your nose, right now. Feel better? Doesn't take much. With that one breath, did you realize you were carrying that much stress? Breathing is more powerful than most people realize. And when it's done right, it can provide immense benefits to your mind body, and soul. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 409, Powerful Stress-Reducing Breathwork, with Josh Trent. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guest today is the founder of Wellness Force Media and host of the Wellness Force Podcast. He is also the creator of Breathe, which is a 21-day guided breath and wellness program using ancient wisdom to boost your immunity, calm your mind, and give you freedom from chronic stress in the modern world. And now here is my interview with Josh Trent.
1: Jeff, it seems like it's been four years. Wait, it has been.
0: It has <laughs> been four years, which is exactly yes. my first question for you. You know, knowing that, you know, the world has turned upside down recently, I would love to hear what you have been up to since we last talked on this show, which is about four years ago. So what's been going on with you?
1: So much. I mean, massive pivot from the wellness technology focus. That was our last subject on the show was using these wearables. Now I still believe in them, but what I found was digging deeper into my own wellness. It was more about emotional resilience and emotional intelligence that I was really looking for, and also clients and also listeners of the Wellness Force podcast. So we pivoted about two and a half years ago. We really doubled down on the emotional intelligence and really understanding what happens physiologically, how that relates to our emotions, uh, exploring deep, deep work on breath, traveling to Thailand for 30 days, uh, training in Sedona, training with Mark Devine and Anahata Ananda, and just having a really, really deep uh, introspection on how my relationship with my breath can support my own wellness. And then, of course, having a son, which is a really <laughs> big one. So I would say a brand pivot, uh, a deeper focus on emotions, a deeper focus on breath, and uh, a new son, a new baby boy that I get to love every day.
0: That is excellent. It's always fun to have new babies around. I've got one on, <laughs> another one of mine coming pretty soon. So yeah, it's it's fun to have those. But uh, let's dig into today's topic, which is breath work, And this has been on my mind recently quite a bit because I have been listening to some audiobooks about breath work. I might have guest on the show earlier this year who d- discussed that from a different perspective and I feel like knowing my own history with let's just call it panic attacks anxiety mm. uh, stress you know highly caffeinated lifestyle that I live. I feel yeah. like there is a strong connection between, you know, people like me, high achievers, you know, workaholics um, and this desire for wellness, which you'd hit on directly. So let's dig into breathwork here from just let's start off with the basics here. What is breathwork from your perspective?
1: There's a lot of definitions and the most simplistic way I can describe the breath is this is a lever you can pull to adjust your autonomic nervous system. That's it. Breathwork is the only voluntary and involuntary lever you can pull to adjust your autonomic nervous system. Autonomic meaning automatic, right? Uh, A deeper definition could be controlled respiration to adjust your autonomic nervous system. Essentially, you're breathing like a box or you're breathing like a circle. Those two pieces, those two styles... Have very specific applications for either focusing or meditation or clearing stress or calming. But at its core, it's the only lever we can pull using our controlled respiration, so we can adjust our
0: automatic nervous system. And so, why would we want to do that? I think that there's a lot of. I mean, the idea that something's automatic sounds like we don't have control over it. So, what are we? What are we trying to do here?
1: Well, that's the thing. We don't have control. We want to have control because we are logical beings. We have an intellect. And we want to think we're in control. But as you know, Jeff, especially as a father, you are not in control all the time. (laughs) (laughs) None of us are always in control. So uh, automatic nervous system in the autonomic branch of the nervous system, I'm sure you've explored it on the show, but here's a little quick high level class on the right side. We have our sympathetic nervous system. That is the portion of the autonomic or automatic, meaning it runs in the background. You don't beat your own heart. You don't blink your own eyes. There are lots of things going on that are protective mechanisms that have what's called a homeosympathetic static control in your body, homeostatic meaning balance. So when we're out of homeostasis, when we're out of balance, your body has these checks and balances to shift you back to your center, the breath being one of them, your heart rate being another, the way you digest food being another, the enteric nervous system, which is called the second brain that lives in our gut microbiota, that dovetails into this central nervous system, into this autonomic nervous system. So the, the enteric nervous system has been called the second brain because all of our Serotonin, the majority of our serotonin is produced there. That is what makes us able to be productive. So, in a very short square, the reason why we should care about breath work is because none of us are breathing correctly. We've all learned really from a coping mechanism in life that if we hold our breath, we can get through the challenge. If we hold our breath, we can get through the stress, but it's actually counterintuitive. It's the exact opposite. When we hold our breath, we actually prolong and promote a deeper stress response rather than how nature designed us. And look, I'm not here to be a religious person. There is some higher power. I call it God. We can call it whatever we want, but for the spiritual people and for the logical people, y'all know we're not in control, but we (laughs) can control our breath. And when we do that, we can choose. We can actually choose to show up in situations and be in better control of our stress and stress management. That's why we should care about the autonomic nervous system and breath's impact on that ANS.
0: Yeah, I think we all know intuitively that when you know, we're stressed out or you know, if someone's in, uh, having a panic attack, that the most common response is to tell that person to you know, take a deep breath you know, like calm down, slow down. I feel like the common response for me and I'm precious sure for most people is that we're rapid breathing all the time. We're just like going, 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 you know, checking emails, doing the next thing. And there's this, I think for me, at least from my perspective, this very clear sense that I'm never thinking about my breath on purpose. It's just this kind of <laughs> response in the background. And I'm sure because of my lack of intentionality there, I'm having some problems. So what do we, how do we begin to control our breath and that perspective of doing breath work as a way to elicit these benefits? Like, what are we trying to do here?
1: Well, I think that the core of your question is stillness practice, right? And most people that can't meditate well, breath work is for you. So if you're someone that's having trouble meditating or just having trouble being skill like meditation, breath work is a skill that you cultivate over time. But unlike meditation, breath work is an active form. Of clearing your mind and kind of centering your body that's going to produce immediate feedback um, so you can calm that stress of the monkey mind and and literally change the state of your wellness so this art and science of consciously controlling your respiration, this is what's going to support better management of stress and allow you to become a better meditator or I guess you could say someone who's being the observer someone who's watching your thoughts go down but you're not attaching to your thoughts because your nervous system isn't wired for, really, Jeff, what we're talking about is trauma. Most of us are traumatized. Either it's capital T or lowercase t trauma. And we all lead our lives being a a conditioned bundle of nerves. I think I heard Deepak Chopra say that one time. You know, we're really reactive as a species. So this breathwork piece that we cultivate over time, the reason why this is so powerful is because we literally can start wherever we are, whoever we are, with whatever limited bandwidth of breath knowledge we have. The best way to do this is to start with your posture. And this is what we talk about in the Breathe Breath and Wellness program. Starting with posture, cueing the breath from the diaphragm, breathing 360, Jeff, breathing into the kidneys, breathing into the belly. Um, A mentor of mine, Dr. Belisa Vranich, she wrote Breathing for Warriors. She talks about horizontal breathing versus vertical breathing. So if we can breathe like animals breathe, Jeff, You know, if you watch animals or zebras, if you watch any animal, they breathe, they breathe horizontally. We're Mm -hmm. designed to breathe horizontally, too. But the reason we don't is because we hold our breath. We breathe into our clavicle. We breathe into our neck. And we're actually turning off so many physiological pieces that I can talk about whenever you want me to. We're turning off half of our nervous system responses. And guess what happens when we breathe incorrectly and we turn off half of our nervous system, we get robbed of the tools that nature or God, whatever you believe, nature gave us to deal with stress. And then we wonder why we're stressed out. We wonder why we're having panic attacks. We wonder why we're gaining weight. We wonder why we have no energy. Like these are all things that are, in my opinion, directly correlated to improper respiration.
0: Yeah. So what are some of those benefits that if someone does begin to breathe you know, more fully and more horizontally and more deeply? Like you mentioned this idea of energy and, and stress management. Like what, what are we really trying to get to here if someone you know, breathes properly? What does that look like for someone who is living that kind of life?
1: Well, we're trying to get to peace mm. because most of us aren't living our lives in peace. And and this is from my own personal experience as well. Like uh on my arm is a tattoo. And I don't know if you speak Italian, Jeff, but I love the Italian culture. I think it's beautiful. Neither do I, but I I love this (laughs) phrase. And the phrase that's tattooed on my arm is se posso respirare, posso scegliere. And what that means in Italian is if I can breathe, I can choose. So I can choose to consciously respirate the way that nature designed me, and we can talk about the physiology of that. When I consciously do that then I can actually show up nervous system ready on a a very scientific level to deal with stress at a higher capacity. When I deal with stress at a higher capacity, I become more emotionally resilient. When I'm more emotionally resilient, I can deal with the demands of the modern world without going into panic attacks or looping or um, honestly showing up not loving. I mean, that's the big one Mm. for all all of us in relationships. You know, whether it's a marriage or a partner, a boyfriend or girlfriend, the very first thing that we do, Jeff, when we're arguing or when we're triggered is we hold our breath. <laughs> we mm. all can, we all can relate to this. You know, your wife is yelling at you and you go, I, well, what do you mean? I, I, what about the other things that I did? <laughs> so she's <laughs> yelling at you about the trash. You go, isn't that interesting that we, that we so are being uh, moved and navigated by our own breath yet. We're not navigating it. A mentor of mine, Mark Devine, said something really powerful that relates to this. He's like, if you're not training, you're being trained. Mm. And it's so true when it comes to the breath. Like, If you're not training your breath, your nervous system is actually training you to not breathe when you're stressed. And that has a myriad of, of diseases and unwellness complications that can come along with it.
0: So what does it look like to do a a breathwork session or I guess what's the difference between doing breathwork and meditation because it feels like there's a connection here in the sense of I'm assuming that we're going to sit in a good posture and breathe in a specific way. So so what does that look like?
1: Okay, so if you want to get right into it, the way that you breathe is it starts at the hips. So our diaphragm is this dome-shaped muscle, right? And it's right around the solar plexus area in the body. And it's, it's actually a 360 muscle. People think of diaphragm as just belly breathing, but the diaphragm goes all the way back to our posterior chain, to really um, the intercostal muscles that are back on the low side near our kidneys. So if we can breathe like a balloon, like an animal, And breathe outward like a bellow Then what that's going to do is it's going to expand our belly now if your seating is improper In other words, if you're slouching forward or if your knees are too far above your hips Your your stomach your belly is not going to be able to go outward So I start clients all the time whether it's like a vip session here in, in my studio in austin or whether it's through our breathe program it's all the same way we start with the posture you stack your hips your shoulders and your head in a perfect neutral spine you have some kind of seated posture where you put your hip crease you know that if you touch with your fingers where your hip and your Uh, and your leg uh, have a crease, you actually want your knees lower than your hips. What that does is it allows your abdominals to move inward and outward. And it also is a better proper posture position. So you can stack your head, shoulders, and spine. So that's the first part. Um, We have some great visuals for this in our curriculum. You really want to be aligned there. First, I, I was a fitness trainer for 10 years. So I have 10 years of experience in this. And I thought, okay, the reason why most people aren't breathing properly is because they're watching Wim Hof lay on the ground and they're, they're seeing <laughs> breath work as like this crazy catharsis. That's not what I'm talking about. Y'all, what I'm talking about right now is doing meditative breath work. There's, there's three phases of breath work and they all start with posture and I'll just go through them real quick. The first phase of breath work is acute Breath work. Acute breath work is when you have stress. It's when you're fighting with your spouse, you're about to speak in a podcast, you're on a stage, and maybe you have stage fright. There are very specific acute styles of breath work that we teach in the program. But the second piece is what you and I are talking about now. Second phase of breath work is called meditative breath work. This is more proactive. This is more wellness-based breathing. These are longer sessions, you know, upwards to 10, maybe 20 minutes. And we incorporate box and we incorporate circular breathing in this. The third phase of breathing, which I don't recommend anybody does on their own, is that catharsis breathing. I see a lot of people get hurt by that. We can talk about that later if we have time. People people actually bring up trauma in their system on a cellular level. And if they're not held properly, it can actually be fairly dangerous. So I focus in the program and, and we can focus right here In talking about this second phase, and that is more the meditative aspect. So once your posture is good, I cue clients to actually breathe through their belly button. Imagine if you had a a balloon attached to your belly button and the other side of the balloon was attached to your spine. We want to create as much air inside of that balloon as possible, creating as much distance between your belly button and your spine as you can. And when you close your eyes, you actually visualize breathing into your kidneys. Now, for most people that takes some practice. And so I make it a little more simple with with visuals and and with teaching in the program because, you know, just doing it right now, um, people may or may not without supervision or without some kind of a of a visual, they may not be able to to do the posture correctly or to really breathe through their belly correctly. So those are the first two checks. And then from there, it's about focusing on the muscles that are involved with breathing.
0: What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5 a.m. Get fifty-five percent off at babel.com slash five AM. Spelled B A B B E L dot com slash five AM. Rules and restrictions may apply So when you're doing one of these sessions, I know that I've done I've done Wim Hof before, and I know that it's very aggressive. And like you mentioned this before. It's a really intense session. Yes. You know, and I've meditated before and in these sessions where you're doing breath work, is there a specific like thing to think about? I know that one of the, the things of meditation is that the goal is either to clear your mind or think about the breath. But if we're doing breath work, like where is our mind going here? Is it just thinking about the, the physical functionality of our body with each breath? Or is there something we're supposed to be kind of like getting to on, on a mental level? I love your question because it goes to all the people that listen to your
1: podcast that are like, hey, how do I get the most bang for my buck? How do I spend five <laughs> minutes or seven minutes breathing? And what should I be thinking about to get the most um, you know, beneficial aspect of this breathing? You have to let go mm. of that. This mm. is actually the hardest part for high achievers. Mm. The hardest part for high achievers is doing something without expecting something in return. And mm. this is like where... It's the breathwork starts to bridge between the two worlds, right? Of science and of more spirituality and more understanding of self. And so without going too deep into the philosophical side, right? Diaphragmatic breathing. Yes, it's going to give you improved attention and and better cortisol levels. And it's going to give you better health promotion. But really what it does is it turns down the volume of the default mode network. And this is big. This is what we talk about in the program. When you're doing conscious controlled respiration, specifically in that meditative style of breathing and your posture is good and you're breathing through your belly, you can actually turn down the default mode network. And, and you may have talked about the default mode network on your show, but I can just do a really quick little lesson on it. The default mode network has many moving parts, but the the three main parts of, of the default mode network are our prefrontal cortex, the PFC the posterior cingulate and the amygdala. The amygdala is the fear center in our brain. And so when we're trying to meditate, quote, quote, which is actually crazy because the best way to meditate is to not try. Mm. But when we're trying to meditate, what's happening is uh, the default mode network, depending on your level of stress, your level of trauma, and how your nervous system is wired, that default mode network will signal your amygdala to either have a flood of epinephrine and cortisol or it'll relax your amygdala It'll either allow your PFC to be online or it'll blunt and turn off your PFC if there's too much stress. And so, what we do with conscious breathing is there's this really beautiful tool that nature put in our body. It's called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve allows us to breathe deep. And when we breathe deep, that vagus nerve runs all the way from the back of the cranium, all the way down the spine, and it innervates, Jeff into the backside of the diaphragm almost like tree roots if you look at a cadaver and so when you do that conscious respiration it physically pushes on the vagus nerve it's called vagal tone when you're more vagal toned in life just like if you were to go to the gym and lift weights for your biceps if you have greater vagal tone you can deal with more stress and you won't have to worry about what you quote should be doing in meditation because your mind will be more calm your mind will be more still. Because really what you've done is you've satisfied the physiological component for stress reduction. You've given yourself high, high levels of oxygen. You're singular focused. When you have myopic focus on a task, that is actually when the default mode network is at its highest bandwidth. So when you're focused on something, the reason that we get pulled away from our focus is because we're not physically connected to our body. We're straight up living in the mind. <laughs> I mean, we're mm. all neck up. All day long, right? So we have to bridge this gap between
0: the head and the heart, and, and breath work does that really, really powerfully.: So our, our typical sessions of breath were going to be the 10 to 20 minutes mentioned earlier, or, or how often are we doing this kind of practice?:
1: Every day for seven minutes is a beautiful marker, right? Mm-hmm. And then from that, you're, you're going to get, by the way, guaranteed. this is not some kind of snake oil salesman guaranteed you'll get results (laughs) but i really mean this like you truly will i'm not saying this from any other place than just experience you actually will get a result from doing a seven minute practice once a day every single human being on planet earth has seven minutes in a day particularly in the morning i mean that's when we're the most clear right that's when our brain's the most clean it's been washed at night so so when we do this seven minutes jeff we're going to get A positive physiological response most of my clients most of the people in the program they'll do the seven-minute for about a week then they'll start doing the breathing meditations and then they'll get better at meditating think of breathwork as the launch pad for being more still in your meditations I mean that that's really what we're talking about
0: yeah, I, I love the idea of a daily practice like this, and with it, because I, you know, recently, I guess in post COVID sort of, um, I started going back to the gym a lot more consistently, and there is a a really magical thing that happens with any habit after a few weeks of doing it, where it gets really solidified. And one thing that I've never solidified is a meditation practice or a breathwork practice, and so Ooh. I'm really interested in kind of, well, do you see like. I guess, compounding benefits over time? Or what is the like kind of the longer-term game here of someone who practices this for a few months or a few years? Wow,
1: I mean, this is beautiful. I mean, literally two days ago, I had a pediatrician email me and she was like, Josh, like... <sighs> Over years and years of me starting to try to meditate, there really hasn't been any guidance. Like she said, having a roadmap like your program has helped me. I'm, I'm reading it in real time from the website. Having having the confidence to believe in myself, I can be successful at meditation. And she said, focusing on my breathing is the key for me to settle my monkey mind that has distracted me on so many other attempts. At finding inner peace. And there's a longer piece there, but just for time's sake, this is a pediatrician. So this is someone that has been trained in the medical world, uh, very linear, very logical thinking, as you know, Jeff, in the, in the Western paradigm. So this is coming from a real time student of the program that's saying, Hey, I'm a pediatrician. I've tried to do quote schedules. The beautiful thing about this is like, once I learn the techniques, I can create my own schedule. I, I don't have, yes, we do have we have a 21 day training plan that we give people, but after people master this in 21 days, they can use these tools wherever they are, like at the park, in the car, when their spouse is yelling at them, <laughs> you know, when, whenever you want to use these tools, like they're there for you. And, and I guess that's the biggest benefit to this, Jeff, is turning down that volume on our ancient brain, you know, the, the brain that tells us we need to fight this person. We need to yell at this person. We need to protect ourselves. We need to get defensive right now. Uh, It's actually not true. Like nine out of 10 times when we think we need to defend ourselves, it's actually just coming from a caveman response. And that's just not reality. Like we're not living in that caveman world anymore. So we have to be able to come back home to our body where we live. We live in this body. And so our body is always trying to speak to us in certain ways. And and I think our breath is is a big communicator.
0: Where did you first discover breath work as a practice? Oh, my gosh. I, 2016.
1: I went to this Mark Divine event, uh, Unbeatable Mind. I don't know if you've heard of the the group. Um, it's a Navy SEAL commander. And so I'm laying on the floor and it's this like weekend intensive. And we're doing what's called warrior breathing, which, which we do in the program. It's essentially uh, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth without breaks. So it's a little more contextual it's a little more specific on posture and on presence than than a Wim Hof Wim Hof he just says breathe you know like get it in and out however you want but Marx was very specific and I never forget this Jeff I had tears coming out of my eyes I'm laying on the floor surrounded by a bunch of military special ops people and I'm crying and I'm like what is going on right now I wasn't crying like a baby you know I wasn't like but I had water coming out of my eyes and I didn't know it at the time, but I, I realized I was having a, a cathartic release, an emotional release. That was what really hooked me to go deeper into the breath because I felt relief. I felt peace. And, and that is the peace that, although elusive, I'm not going to say I'm a fully peaceful man all the time, but the, the peace that is always trying to elude me, I always can choose to connect with. So if I can breathe, I can choose. That's my motto. That's my mantra because damn, it's true for me. You know, and and Mm. I do my best all the time to remember and I'm not batting a thousand, but like Jeff, when I remember to use my tools and and I would say it's more than not. When I remember to use my tools of conscious respiration, specifically the box breathing, that's the big one. um, That's what sparks me to calm down and really tune into what's here. It it took me three years to build this program. I mean, I went to Thailand. I did a 30 day intensive in Koh Phangan, which is this island off the coast of Thailand. And, um, I've worked with a lot of people and I, I just found Jeff that for, so for most breath work practitioners or programs, they're very woo woo. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) Hey, let's lay on, um, let's lay on a cliffside wearing a purple necklace and a big white flowy cape behind us. And let's find our chi, let's find ourselves. And I'm like, you know, that's really not helping Nancy from Alabama. Who's got kids screaming in the background. Mm. Like we got to find something for, for everyone here. And so that's where the breathe program was born
0: yeah that's a good point I think a lot of these practices yeah they feel a little bit elusive because they're not as as practical as most people to, want them to be yeah. um, from that perspective you mentioned this idea uh, of breathing you know, through the nose or, or the mouth are, are there specific ways to, to breathe because you know, one of the books I'm listening to has a really strong emphasis on nasal breathing as the primary method that, that's, that we should be doing all the time is that yeah. how you're coming from this as well is that, that that's a better method well I um, I want to be careful of
1: saying like like uh, good or bad. So I do like your word better. I, I, here's a good example of how we can start this little piece of conversation. If you cover a baby's nose, they'll start to choke. Now, why is that? Okay, mm. For all the parents out there, if you plug a baby's nose, they'll start to choke. It's because babies are unadulterated. They come into the world how nature designed them. They have not learned that they quote, should hold their breath. So naturally, when we are born, We breathe through our nose. Babies breathe through their nose. That's just how it goes. So why is that? Well, it's because there's a physiology of doing nasal breathing. When we do nasal breathing, we're actually cooling, we're tempering, and we're conditioning the air so that we can absorb more of it into our lungs. And this is what Nestor talks about in breath. And this is what I think everyone knows about that's in like, I guess you could say the breathwork world or the breathwork industry. When we're consciously breathing through our nose, we are, there's spherical cores. Um, someone who talks about this really, really well is Dan Brule. He's, he's known for breath mastery. He's uh, learned from Leonard Orr, who's the father of breath work. Um, Dan talks about the spherical cores that are built inside of our nose that actually spins the air like a wheel. And so why it's doing that is because it's delivered to the lungs more efficiently. Dan also talks about when we do what's called breath hold retentions, we do this in the breathe program, but you also do this in meditative breathing or, or acute breathing. Uh, a breath hold retention, when done properly, can increase blood flow to the brain by 300%. Mm. I mean talk about creativity and focus jeff like you know a proper breath hold retention we, we focus in the breathe program on on holding our breath on the exhale i can talk about that if you want but there's many benefits of holding up after your lungs are empty uh, that's what the response is for stress by the way too so long answer to your short question but it's really important for us to breathe through the nose because of the conditioning that happens Uh, And also the way that the air is delivered to our lungs. So we really, really, really want to focus breathing through our nose. I'm not saying we should not exhale through the mouth, but we always really, for the most part, I mean, we always want to inhale through our nose unless we're doing a specific style of practice.
0: Yeah, I know that we mentioned Wim Hof earlier. I took his course. He really is all about just like, just breathe. Just do it. He's (laughs) like, just get it in. (laughs) Whatever you have to do. I'm like, come on, (laughs) Wim. Yeah, very intense. So (laughs) what's the deal then with holding the breath after exhaling?
1: Okay. So um, think of your breath as an energy source, like a car battery, right? We all know that people don't know this. Actually, I was a technician my very first career. I was an automotive technician. They taught us that uh, electrical impulses, you have to ground them using the negative side. So for all those people out there that have ever changed a car battery, you put the negative side on the battery first. Well, your breath is the same way. Whatever is negative that's in your body, whatever stress you're feeling in your stomach, whatever tension you're feeling in your heart, you actually have to breathe it up to get it out. So it's a really clear symbol for all of us to... If we're experiencing stress in our body because by the way stress isn't just in our mind right you can look at the work of Bruce Lipton on this issues in the tissues stress gets physically stored in our cells on a cellular level it's called sense memory so when I'm experiencing stress of some kind or I'm projecting a trauma that I've had because of something that occurred in the past the very first thing that I have to do is I have to take ownership of what's happening physiologically so I have to Breathe in through my nose, fill my belly, and then exhale through my mouth. (sighs) And there are certain practices to do that in a specific way that will allow you to take stock or what I call take emotional inventory of what's keeping you stressed or what's keeping you constricted. And so when we do that, whatever we're feeling down is coming up. Whatever's going on electrically in our body, once we connect our breath to the sense memory, we actually connect that negative side of the cable on the battery and then the energy can flow through. So uh, there was a couple analogies in there. I hope I didn't lose you, but essentially <laughs> we 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 really want to focus on breathing in through our nose and out through our mouth because that way we can complete the circuit. You know, our body is a circuit. So we have to honor that circuit and most of us aren't honoring it.
0: This seems like a practice that is so obvious, like just to breathe on purpose, that I think a lot of us miss. Like, why do you think that we we've lost touch with this? Because I feel like there's such a simplicity in breathing well. Like, what is it about our modern world that, that pulls us away from this? Well, in the interest of time,
1: I mean you just asked a question that I probably could speak about for 10 minutes. So I'll give you <laughs> okay. I'll give you a condensed, really, really punch answer here. The reason why we don't focus on breath is because we have been trained, Jeff, by massive amounts of money, more money than you can ever imagine that pours into behavioral research. A, a good person to talk about this with is Nir Ayal. He, he wrote a book.
0: Oh, yeah. He's High. been on my show before.
1: Great. So you know about this. The reason why we don't breathe is because we are being trained to be slaves to our phone, to be slaves to our notifications, And to be slaves to these mega corporations that really don't give an SHIT about you. That's what's going on. We are in the process of reclaiming our health, reclaiming our breath, reclaiming our sovereignty, reclaiming our ability to connect with neighbors, to have conversations, to be around people. I mean, I could use as many curse words as I want right now. We all feel it. We all Mm. feel this. Everyone is feeling existential tension right now. Everyone. I don't care if you have millions of dollars in the bank or you live in barbados everyone that has any kind of care or awareness about where we are in society or what's going on with our brothers and sisters or with our neighbors we all feel the stress we all feel it right now more than we ever have and so what is our response jeff how have we been trained we've been trained by society to not breathe to not focus on our nutrition to not focus on our movement You tell me in any high school and in any college, if they give you a life mastery class on financial abundance, health abundance, emotional intelligence, breathing, they don't exist, my friend. They don't exist and they don't exist for a reason. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's all out in plain sight. I'm not saying anyone's trying to get you. But once again, we go back to this. If you're not being, if you're, if you're not training, you're being trained and people that want to train you are for their financial benefit. So we must recapture our breath so we can pause and ask ourselves, Hey, should I really be on Instagram for 45 minutes in the bathroom? (laughs) You know, (laughs) should I should I really be yelling at this person in the grocery store because their mask isn't on like really just and I'm not saying I'm not trying to have that conversation about masks or vaccines or anything like that. Everyone, I believe, has the power of choice. And I believe that's the most important thing. You know, can we choose and allow other people to choose? So when we're not breathing, we can't choose. When we're holding our breath, we're showing up as really victims of intellectualization. I just did a solo cast on this. We become so in our heads, Jeff, we become so intellectualized that we forget why we're here. Like it's, life is so good. There's so many beautiful things to focus on. Nature is so plentiful, but we are trapped by these mega corporations that are literally trying to own us and extract wealth from the actions we do.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting that, I mean, from that perspective, I've discussed this topic from many different angles on the show for years, which is that you know we have these phones, we have these computers, these devices that serve so many wonderful benefits, but some of the greatest like experiences of my life don't happen in front of technology, right? They're happening <laughs> of completely removed from that. Like I am yes. in the woods, I'm on a hike, I'm going somewhere where those things aren't even a part of my day. Mm-hmm. And it's in those moments I feel honestly most alive. And I think it's really striking that we we get so detached from those moments and we have to really struggle just to get them on our calendar. And like from that perspective, like, do you have a way to approach your day where you're trying to, I mean, to intentionally minimize distraction or technology or, you know, Facebook? Like, how do you get to a point where your day can be more at peace because you're approaching it from a way that says, like, I'm going to, like, put in boundaries to make sure that I'm breathing properly and I'm not being pulled away from that? Mm. I mean, you just hit the, you
1: hit the ultimate universal nail on the head because I don't care if you have kids or not. Every single person chooses how they start their day. Like I know you, what time do you get up? You get up at like four or five in the morning. (laughs)
0: Sometimes it's that
1: early. Yeah. Usually it's around six. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're sleeping in now. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. (laughs) Jeff, we all have the power of choice in the morning and I get it. People that have multiple kids, people that haven't slept well because, you know, the the baby was nursing all night. I understand because I'm going through that right now myself. And I'll tell you this. I hold my 6 or 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., my my two to three hours in the morning. I hold that at knife point. No one touches that. I don't care if it's revenue based, if it's productivity based. I do not book appointments before 10 a.m. And the reason I don't is because if I don't love myself, if I don't have literally a castle built around my time, everyone else will scale the castle walls. Everyone else wants my time. Everyone wants me to respond. And you know this, Jeff, because people are probably getting at you and, and, and you listening, you know this too, because people are always trying to get at your attention. So if we're not militant, about how we start our day, putting clear, bright boundaries. And I'm talking like your cell phone is actually off, okay? Or it's on do not disturb, or it's on airplane mode. Y- you communicate to your family, to your wife, you have an agreement, like, hey, this is my time. Or if it's a wife to a husband, you communicate to your husband, this is my time. In my time, this is where I fill up my cup. And I do not sacrifice that because then I will show up to you with an empty cup. And you're worth more than that. I love you more than that. You have a real emotional conversation that's built around truth and you go, okay, great. And let's say it's an hour, Jeff. Maybe somebody doesn't have two and three hours. Everyone can do this. And I know with kids, um, you know, going to schools and whatnot and people that work out of the house, you can choose to get up earlier. And guess what? People are gonna say, Well, Josh, you don't understand. I can't get up earlier. I'm like, go to bed earlier. <laughs> there, there's always a way. <laughs> this is right? my speech it's,
0: now, Josh. <laughs> there,
1: there's always a way, dude. So so that's what I want to share with people. That's how I start my day. And then I'm I'm fortunate enough, you know, I've I've invested in a sauna and a cold therapy tank and, and free weights for my garage. So I have everything I need, right? And I'll just give you the really quick one. Uh, I, I do 30 minutes in the sauna, I meditate in there, I do my breath work in there, then I go in the cold, then I work out, then I shower. Then I come back to my workstation, right? I have a standing desk. I plan out my day. I organize my top three and then I work and then I go for it because I've loved myself. You see what I mean? I have filled me up. Then I'm not a victim to my intellect. I'm not a victim to my day. And that right there lights me up because God, for so long, I fought that.
0: Mm. That's powerful. I've I've been using the sauna for a long time at my gym and I cannot express how amazing that feeling is to be that hot and and yes, to meditate at the same time and to find a chance. like That's where my best breathing takes place every day for me is Mm -hmm. my afternoon sessions in the sauna after I've worked out. And that is, it's fairly new for me to be doing that uh, consistently. It is a remarkable transformation when that's part of my day. And I feel like if, if all the things I've done well recently for my health, that feels, for whatever reason, the most like physiologically releasing and beneficial is just to have that time in the heat, which is, yeah, it's wonderful.
1: We, we can go find whatever research we want, Jeff, on either side of the coin. But if you just do a quick PubMed study. Uh, our PubMed search, I'm sorry, for sauna and the heat shock proteins, uh, you'll find thousands of articles describing mm. benefits. You'll also find the same thing for conscious respiration, for breath work. Um, there, there's one actually that I can mention that, that I loved, and it was in my research for the program. Um, it was from Frontiers in Psychology, and it's titled, if you guys want to look it up, it's the effect of diaphragmatic breathing on attention, negative effect, and stress in healthy adults. And, and they concluded by saying, diaphragmatic breathing improved attention improved cortisol levels and it also demonstrated evidence that this kind of breathing actually has health promotion for longevity so Mm. yes you're going to get like immediate results from breath and in the sauna but you're also going to get longevity from this because when you're doing that breathing that i talked about which is that breath hole retention you're going to get Increased nitric oxide you're going to get less oxidative stress. So nitric oxide stimulates cells oxidative stress This is like an oxidative type of stress where reducing it is going to be slowing our aging process Like if you cut an apple you ever guys ever cut an apple and you see it turn brown that's oxidative stress So the same thing happens to our body. So when we can train our body to do these breath hold retentions It'll increase nitric oxide. It'll stimulate that and that'll—that's actually what what makes us have longevity—is—is is the nitric
0: oxide. Mm, that is—that's—that's that's powerful right there. Um, I another question about going back to the sauna and fitness—is there a specific breathing technique you use for exercise, or is this more of a like a, a meditative breathwork philosophy? Because I feel like there there yeah. might be a connection here between like, you know, if I'm working out while nasal breathing or working out while trying to breathe deeply, like how does that play in, or does it?
1: I defer to Brian McKenzie for that because he does a lot of. Uh, Brian McKenzie or um, Laird Hamilton, you know they're mm, yeah. really they're really powerful when it comes to like sports specific breathing. I don't focus on that in our breathe program. Um, what I focus on and and for myself is general well being and proactive wellness. So mm. for the people who aren't pro athletes, you know, or right. like diving down fifty foot waves, yeah, there's going to be some specific breath techniques for them for sure and some breath training. But I don't really go into that too much. I will say, Jeff, I, I do have. Uh, one of the modules in the program, we do go over the proper strengthening for your intercostals, your obliques, um, your multifidus, and, and all the, the muscles that actually help you breathe. Most people don't know this, but it's actually your serratus anterior and your, your side obliques that do the majority of your breathing and the tiny intercostals are the muscles in between your ribs. So I do go over those just on a general health standpoint in the program. And I think for 99% of people, that's, that's really going to be enough for them as those exercises.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that, that's a dramatic chance, you know, change from not breathing on purpose at all. And then to do that would obviously provide benefits. Um, Josh, what else am I missing here? I feel like there's a lot about breath we could discuss. <laughs> and I don't want to talk for six yeah. hours, although I'm sure we, could. we um, could. What else should we discuss today? Well, I just want to
1: say this, like, whether you're anxious or whether you're depressed, really where you are is you're out of balance. And we all get there. I mean, Jeff, to be a human is to, go, is to go out of balance. So I'm here to say, like, there is something that can pull you back to the middle. And it does not involve you taking pills. It does not involve you getting the, the coolest supplement. Although I love supplements. Those are cool. I know you take a bunch of supplements. I do as well, eat, yeah. <laughs> and you eat healthy too. These are all great things. And these are things we can have fun with and they can help us get back to the middle. But again, whether you're, ang- whether you're anxious or whether you're depressed, what brings you back to the middle is that calm, circular, or box respiration. And the reason is, is how we started this podcast. Remember, it's the only lever. It's like, think of it like an emergency e-break. You know, people have that e-break where you click it if you're on a hill. That's what your breath can do to you. When When you're yelling at someone, when you're angry, when you're out of balance, when you're having physical symptoms, if you just give yourself, this is my promise, if you give yourself 21 days to find your center and you don't find your center, I always ask people like, hey, you can totally have your money back. Just let me know if you tried it, if you gave it a shot, and you did the three weeks. And to this date, man, I haven't had anybody ask for their money back. Like, No one's Mm. been like, oh, I didn't get a benefit. Because the more you breathe, the more you can choose, and the more you can choose, you will not be victimized by depression or anxiety. Now, look, I'm not giving medical advice. You always have to consult with your physician to do anything right and i have to say that jeff wink wink um but (laughs) but i will say this like anxiety is a focus on the future depression is a rumination of the past the opposite of depression is expression so if we want to express ourselves whether it's emotionally verbally physically we have to move the energy in the body right in in the east they call it chi in india they call it prana here in the west here in america we just call it energy so we have to move the energy in our body the only way in my experience we can truly move our energy is by moving our breath and taking control of our breath so that's really what i want to share because we all deal with this jeff especially now man
0: especially now
1: everyone's dealing with depression or anxiety in some form right and and i have deep experience with this like i struggled with that and at times it pops back up but but I know that if I can breathe, I can choose. And so no, I don't have I don't have ultimate mastery. I don't know anybody that has ultimate mastery. But I really feel confident. I feel confident about this since 2016. You know, putting this practice into my life, I really think it can help. It can help alleviate some symptoms for people.
0: Yeah, it certainly can. Uh, Josh, this has been amazing. And there's, there's so much about breathwork that I think that we all could learn more of and obviously practice every single day. So where can our listeners learn more from you, learn more about the course and really dig into your content. Jeff, I love your show. It's like we squeeze so much into a tight little <laughs> container.
1: It's awesome. That's the goal. Yeah. So, so everyone go to breathwork.io and the code is podcast 25 so it's already like way cheaper than taking your spouse out for dinner on a weekend but you can get even more savings 25 percent off just enter the code podcast
0: 25 at breathwork.io perfect i'll be sure to have those links for listeners this week because obviously i want everyone to dig in because until you know recently breathwork has become a really big deal for me just like intellectually just to think about that concept because i feel like Mm. this is a part of health I have never truly given attention to. We have thought about nutrition, fitness, like you need know, supplements, sleep, but breathing of all things, I have totally ignored. So <laughs> I'm really glad you're on the show to, to share with yeah. us about this and obviously digging in further with your course. So yeah, Josh, thanks again.
1: Thank you, Jeff, for
0: having me. I appreciate you. And for that action step this week, you guessed it, breathe. Just breathe. There is so much untapped potential inside you right now, which you can access anywhere and anytime by simply taking a long, slow, deep breath through your nose. If you want to learn more, you can join Josh's course called Breathe and use code podcast25 to save 25%. JeffSanders.com slash 409 is the place to go to get the episode notes, including the link to Josh's course. That's all I've got for you this week here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwan and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just a cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwan Podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.